Portions of this program are pre-recorded. This is the Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. All right, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on, lots to get to, lots to talk about. Appreciate you taking the time today. We have uh, General Michael Flynn on the program today, that General Flynn, and we talk a lot about a lot. He actually told me after the interview, he said, I think I talked about things there that I haven't talked about before, which is going to be a lot, of, a lot of fun for you and a lot of interest to a lot of you out there watching and listening. We'll do that hour number two. It's a two-part series. I'll do part two tomorrow. Uh, you'll get part one today. It's a good long interview. You're going to want to hear that. Also, Mike Davis, who is a great reporter, um, Article 3 Project is, is his website, and uh, we talk about the legality of the former president having these documents at Mar-a-Lago, the legality of that raid, how about the judge that was involved, Merrick Garland, what should happen to him, talk about all of that and then some, plus we've got campus reform. Kara, we're not playing around, I'm over here doing it for the people, you know what I'm saying? That certainly sounds like it. I'm bringing it for the people and making it happen on a Thursday. I'm feeling all right. Uh-huh. Say what? Seems I got the That is the chocolate voice. How you doing? Paul gonna die. Sam into his house. Imprisoned by the way. It could have been left here on my own. So it seems Carrie, you think people like when I relay some of the some of the email crap that I get or not? Well, like, as long as it doesn't go overboard, like I, I think I like it to an extent. Oh, look, by the way, let's sing. Come on, man. Let's go. Uh-huh. I'm not getting that good yet. Maybe next hour. That is not ready yet. Carrie, that's not ready for prime time, that one. Absolutely not. Wow. Maybe not do it all next hour? Oh, no, no, no. I have to do it next hour to do it better than that. Mm, okay. You know what I'm saying? You can only go up from there. So uh, we will have Mike on the bottom of the hour. If you follow Mike Davis, it's, uh, I think it's M-R-M-M-I-A uh, over on Twitter. He's a reporter. He gets he gets banned all the time and suspended all the time for telling the truth about what's out there, when it whether it's COVID or, or Mar-a-Lago or the government and how it works. He's a constitutional guy. He used to work for Chuck Grassley in the Senate. And um, just a really, really smart guy who gets the story right every time. That's why they hate him. We'll have him on at the bottom of the hour. I do want to bring up the, this this email exchange I've been having a little bit. And it appears to be from a woman. I'm not going to say the name because I don't know if this is the real name. And I also don't want to give her like undue publicity. Because um, I, I never want anybody to attack people that, that come at me like this. But it, I don't ask a lot. Millions of people listen to and mostly like the show. Some of you disagree with me sometimes, and that's fine. We can have disagreements. I have no problem with that. This woman writes me after I lit up Liz Cheney for how stupid it was to compare herself to Abraham Lincoln. In fact, I called her Abraham Cheney today on, online. I thought that was kind of fun. I thought that was kind of witty. <laughs> Abraham Cheney, if she runs for president, who's going to vote for her? And uh, that got a lot of people with their jokes and their memes. This woman, uh, because of Liz Cheney, I'm going to vote Republican, but I'm not going to vote for Trump. And you should be embarrassed that you, that you call yourself a Republican. Now, this is somebody who said, I've listened to your show for a long time. I've been very clear about whether I'm a Republican or not. I'm not. 
Uh, I'm a conservative. Carrie, have I not said that consistently many, for years? Many, many times. Right. So, I mean, the idea that I'm being called a Republican by somebody who claims to have listened tells me what? She doesn't really listen all that well. Of course maybe? not. Yeah. Does not listen at all. Uh, just making it up that she listens. And then said, and while I'm at it, I've never heard you once talk about January 6th. What? Uh, and I've never uh, ever heard you talk about whether Mike Pence should have um, listened to Trump and, and not certified the election. Really? Because, again, I've been very, very specific about that. Now, hundreds of times I have said why I'm not a Republican. Because one is a party, one is a value system. I've made it very clear I'm a conservative. Um, secondly, I've talked about January 6th till I'm blue in the face. About Ashley Babbitt, about the fact that I thought that Trump was not correct when he said that Mike Pence didn't have to open the envelopes. I think that he had to. His job was to open the envelopes and say what the electors voted. And then it's up to the House and Senate to challenge. It's not up to the vice president to challenge. So I thought that was an incorrect move by the former president, who I'm a big fan of, and I want him to be the president again. But no, Mike Pence did not have the ability, in my opinion, constitutionally, to not open the envelopes. That was his job. He opens the envelopes. He, the, the electors from this state go to Biden or they go to Trump. And now it's up to those in, in the elected offices, the representative offices of the House of Representatives and the Senate, to say, I challenge that. And then if there's a challenge from both bodies, they can go forward. I'm a constitutionalist. I understand the way the rules work when it comes to an election. This person clearly was not telling the truth. And then writes back today, now I didn't explain all that in the email because it's none of her business. If she's listening right now like she claims she does, she now knows where I stand on January 6th. She also knows that I'm not a Republican, I'm a conservative. So she writes back and says, oh, I guess you're the Trump party then. I guess you're in the Trump party. I said, I don't even know what that means. I, is there a Trump party? Because I don't know of one. He's a Republican. And the things that he put forth in his agenda was very, very attractive or were very attractive to somebody like me who is a conservative guy. Oh, you're going to lower regulations? I like that. You're going to lower taxes? like that even more. You're going you're gonna to put a, a border wall up? Damn, let's go. Energy independence? I'm, I'm happy with that. Bring manufacturing back and lower corporate taxes? Yes. Jerusalem is where our embassy should be? Let's move it. And he did. Yes, I like it. Telling the EU, buy your energy from us, not from Russia, who's your enemy? Damn straight. I mean, I am on board. And I can list these things for days about why what Trump did was good. Now, somebody who's claiming that uh, she says that she was a Democrat her whole life, and she's probably going to be a Republican this time and vote for Cheney, it's just somebody who's trolling. That's somebody just being stupid. But what I don't like is, is lying to grab my attention. Now, I understand that you can't listen for three hours a day. And by the way, she wrote back and said, I have listened for one year from 5 to 6 p.m. every day. She's lying. Because I've talked about these issues in the first hour, which is the 5 o'clock central hour, um, every day. Now, if it's 5 to 6 Pacific time, she's listening to the third hour, I've still talked about it. But that's neither here nor there. Just saying what you think you know and being so wrong should embarrass a person. And I've even said that to you. You should be embarrassed to say these things because you're dead wrong on this. And she's not. She keeps on writing back and acting as if somehow I have to now hold a talk show for her through my email. And I have to explain myself or else that's it. Well, a couple of things I've learned. Because I've explained myself now on the air hundreds of times when it comes to the specific issues she's brought up. 
She's A, not a listener, maybe you listened for a day and I didn't say what she wanted me to say. B, she doesn't listen all three hours a day, so she can't possibly know everything that I talk about. And D, even, even C or D, whatever the hell it is, even if I answered every question exactly how she wanted me to, guess what? She's still not going to be a fan of Trump. She's still not going to be a fan of mine. I'm not going to make her happy, but I wanted to relate to those of you who watch and listen the crap that I get in the email. Oh, and, then here, and here's a funny one, Kerry. An mm-hmm. author writes me, he says... In the subject line, Joe, comma, quick question. I opened the email. Was it's it three or four pages it? long. <laughs> I knew it, yeah. So I wrote back and I said, whatever his name was, I can't think of it. What exactly is quick about this email? <laughs> okay, you got me with the subject Nobody line. And by the way, listen to the show either. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had a guy yesterday send me an entirely written uh, parody. Uh, again, I don't expect you to listen to all three hours every day, but I try to put it off into different hours, different days, just in case there's a different audience. And we realize that there is a different audience from hour to hour. It, it completely blows my mind that um, that people will then write because in the 15 minutes they listened, I didn't address specifically what is affecting them today. And therefore, I, I'm afraid to talk about 2,000 mules in the election, which is stupid. I was one of the first. I've had Dinesh D'Souza on several times talk about the movie. I talk about the results every day uh, whenever the election is brought up. And, and I've never avoided the topic. That's stupid. But, but it, it gets me because instead of saying, hey, have you talked about? They say, you've never talked about it and you're afraid and... What was it? The other day, somebody, um, uh, Dan Crenshaw, somehow had something on me because I refused to agree that he was endorsing Liz Cheney when he wasn't. You know what I mean, Carrie? And, 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 and again, I, I make myself accessible, and I really do, I read the emails whether I answer them or not. I read them, and then I make a decision. Is it worth my time to answer this person? And I think sometimes I make the wrong move. What, what, do, what do you think? I absolutely agree with you. Yes, you need to stop doing that, actually. Because these are people, they're not going to be fans of the show, I don't think. that They're not avid listeners, obviously. So why I say, why waste your time and energy doing that? You're the reason I do it is twofold. And you know me very well. I, wanna, I know. I, I want to win. I know you do. I, I, I am not going to deny that. I'm immature when it comes to that. Call it whatever you want to call it. But I like to win because I feel like I have the truth on my side. But the second thing, and this is a real fear, I don't want to lose a listener because he or she wrote in, and I ignored their comment, whether a positive or negative comment. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I want them to keep listening. I think it's important to, to take care of your customer. But I think that I have to realize that these probably aren't our customers. Yes, exactly. I would agree with that. Well, I appreciate your agreement. Yeah. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. We'll take a break in a second. I want your thoughts on that. And again, people, generally speaking, have been positive about, about me relaying some of the email. It's like, you know, Jimmy Kimmel used to do mean tweets. Um, and, and have the people who were you know, having the meanness oh, or the funny. insults yeah. cast out. It was very funny, yeah. very good stuff. Uh, one of them, of course, historically was Barack Obama um, reading, I think, Donald Trump's tweet that said, Barack Obama uh, will go down in history as one of the worst presidents ever. And Obama's response was, at least I'll go down in history as, as a president of the United States. Mm-hmm. That was before yeah. Trump won, obviously. So, I mean, those, I mean, I don't mind doing that and even laughing at them if they're funny, but none of these insulting emails are funny. They really think they know what they're talking about. and That bothers me. There's nothing worse to me when it comes to what we do than somebody going on the radio or putting in an email or going on television and just saying something that's completely untrue and provably untrue, yet 
they've got this righteous indignation as if they're not wrong. Right. And that they're, bothers they're me. They're always, always, always going to think they're in the right. Always. That's why you they're just, not. You just, I know, but you just can't win with these people because they think they're right and they know everything. <sighs> No. Damn people. All right, uh, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Go there. You can email me as well. Scroll down to the bottom, click on contact, and that'll send an email to me. Carrie, before I hit a break, I, I need you to bring up this Brian uh, Stelter thing. I, I never saw this show. It was called Reliable Sources, which is a completely a misnomer. It's not. He's been wrong many, many times. But is CNN trying to get uh, trying to trying to steer the ship Back to well, righteousness? I don't know. Fill I me in. think so. From Fox News, CNN is parting ways with Reliable Sources host and media pundit Brian Stelter with his last show set to air on Sunday. CNN will end its Reliable Sources program on Sunday, August 21st. As a result, Brian Stelter will leave the company. We appreciate his contributions to the network and wish him well as he embarks on new endeavors. A CNN spokesperson told Fox News Digital in a statement. Stelter said in a statement to NPR he was grateful for his time at CNN and the show's examination of the media, truth, and the stories that shape our world. A former New York Times reporter, he joined CNN in 2013 and took over the Sunday media affairs show at that time. Stelter's exit comes as new CNN CEO Chris Licht has put an emphasis on news as opposed to the liberal opinion programming the network became known for under Jeff Zucker's management, particularly during the Trump administration. Stelter developed a reputation as a left-wing pundit who spent much of his airtime criticizing conservative media. He was recently called out in a report about an attempt to restore the organization's nonpartisan approach as the face of the network's liberal shift in the eyes of conservatives. I mean, it's a good thing. The only thing that I'm aware of with Brian Stelter is, to me, at quick glance, he looks like George Costanza. Um, also, he's gained a lot of weight in the past year. I'm not fat shaming him. He just has. His profile picture, he's a thinner dude, and now he's just really large. Um, and, and the third thing, and probably the most important thing, is I saw one interview that he did with Glenn Beck, and it was supposed to be about one topic, and during the interview, he switched the topic to something else. And Beck had no idea it was about the Blaze or whatever Glenn owned um, and was asking him some pretty stupid questions about it. And uh, I emailed Glenn right away and I said, did you know he was going to go there? And he said, he wrote back, he said, of course not. So he's that guy. He's that guy who will lie to you and say, it's like when people call Sam, they get lined up in the phone lines. They'll say, I want to get on. I want to talk about uh, the, the Constitution. Then when I get them on, they'll talk about abortion. It doesn't make any sense, or they thought they could get on quicker if they lied about it. So, yeah, I, I won't lose any sleep over this. I've never seen the show. I've seen some clips of the guy, and I saw the one interview with Glenn. So um, hopefully CNN will come back to its former glory. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I'm not going to hold my breath, but uh, maybe that's happening. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. You're listening to Joe Pags. All right, great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate you stopping by. It's the Joe Pag Show for your Thursday. We've got Mike Davis, a great journalist, coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about Mar-a-Lago, the raid, why he says just by taking the boxes from the White House, declassified everything that, that President Trump took, that this is a complete null and void moot point, 
and that Garland and Christopher Ray should all be in big trouble for doing this. Make sure you stick around with that. You don't like this interview at the bottom with Mike Davis. Let me tell you about, um, well, listen, there's a lot going on financially in this country. You know that for some reason the Fed is printing a lot of money. In fact, in the last, in the last what, about a year, it has printed $9 trillion. That's a problem because it's going to change the value of the money that you have. The dollar is losing value. I recommend you diversify your portfolio with physical gold and silver. The only company I trust is GoldCo. They earn a gold star in my book. Thousands of Americans agree. GoldCo has placed over a billion dollars in precious metals. So I'm here to ask you, can you continue to afford rising prices and the decline of the dollar? urge you not to miss what could be the biggest gold and silver boom of our generation. That's all I want you to visit goldco.com slash PAGS, goldco.com slash P-A-G-S. When you do, you're not only going to get a chance to protect your retirement savings with gold and silver, but one of my listeners, because you're one of my listeners, you could get $10,000 or more in free silver just for doing it. Don't miss out. Visit goldco.com slash PAGS, G-O-L-D-C-O dot com slash P-A-G-S. And make that happen right now. All right, glad to have you along for the ride. Again, don't forget, if you're just joining us, General Flynn will be on this program. In fact, bottom of hour number two, depending on how you listen to the show, um, we'll see exactly what that means to you. But bottom of hour number two, and he actually said after the interview, he said, I have never said some of the things publicly that I've just said, which is pretty interesting. Now, if you had an opportunity to interview somebody like General Flynn, what would you ask him? Carrie, do you think I asked him if he lied to the FBI? I'm going to say yes, you did. Do you think I asked him if he promised that he would that they'd lift sanctions to the Russian ambassador? Yes. I think I asked him why he quit? Yes. Say so, so you trust that I've asked some pretty good questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That should be a pretty well, what, what if interview? I was like what if I was like, General Flynn, remember when you were the NSA guy? What if I just said that? Would that be okay? Would that be normal? Would that be cool? Not really. You're saying not cool? No. Okay, so I'm trying to gauge where you are with all this, Lucky. So if you're a journalist, if you had the opportunity to talk to him, what might you ask General Flynn? Oh, man. There's so many. Trying to think of just one question. You think I asked him about the judge that for some reason, even after the Department of Justice said, let's drop the charges against Flynn, mm-hmm. the judge said, I'm still going to carry the case. Don't you think I asked him about that? Oh, now that's a good one. That's Can a you good imagine? one. I'm going to say The judge yes, says, I'm going to continue the case. Yeah. Can you imagine? What is like that? I his reaction to that. Yeah. You've been covering news a long time. I've been in the courtroom for some of these big cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, honest to God, the judge said, I don't care that the prosecutor is dropping it. I'm going to continue the case. Really? Yeah. I, has there ever? I'm, I guess there has. This couldn't have been the very first time. I, I think it's the first time. I'll be honest any, with you. I don't recall <laughs> ever a case like that. How does the judge? Judge has the right Is to say. Possible? I guess it's. You, he could. He can do it. Well, judge can throw the it. case out. I've never heard of a judge prosecuting a case that the prosecutor didn't want to prosecute. Yeah, that to me is crazy. I don't get that. I'm just putting it out there. Mm. Um, so we ask him about all of that. That's going to be in about an hour and four or five minutes. Make sure you stick around for that. You don't want to miss Mike Davis, though. He's a guy who just doesn't care. And what, and by that, I mean he doesn't care if he gets kicked off of Twitter, doesn't care if they try to cancel him, doesn't care if people try to call him out. He is reporting news like news should be reported. We've got him this hour. We've got three big interviews today. Uh, second hour will be Michael Flynn, the general, the former NSA um, guy for, for Donald Trump. Two-part series with him. Part one today. I had to edit that, Carrie, because he dropped a couple of bombs in the interview. Uh, 
lovely. That's a yeah, I, I didn't beat them. I just them. edited them out. Oh, okay. So that's going to be interesting. Keep it here. We've got Mike Davis coming up next. You're going to like this. This is the Joe Pegg Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young man on. His name is Michael Davis. You might follow him over on social media. He is a guy who's uncovering the truth when it comes to what's happening in our country today. He's also the founder and president of the Article 3 Project. Michael, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. So what is the Article 3 Project? Fill me in. So I started the Article 3 Project after I left the Senate Judiciary Committee where I was the chief counsel for nominations for then-chairman Chuck Grassley, my home state senator from Iowa. Right. And what we're doing at the Article 3 Project is fighting for constitutionalist judges and the rule of law. So uh, during the Trump years, it was fighting to confirm President Trump's judicial nominees. Now it's going after President Trump's bad ones. But more importantly, it's to defend these judges while they're on the bench. They have lifetime tenure. They have pay protection. They're not supposed to care about the politics, but they're humans, and so we want to protect them. So that's what we're doing with the Article 3 project. And a matter of being a textualist when it comes to the Constitution, which is a founding document, it is in granite unless you want to amend it. The idea on the other side is that it's living, breathing, and, and moldable, which, of course, it's not. Yeah, I mean, all Democrats care about is power. They've really shown that over the last two years. They're not even pretending anymore. Uh, and so the, the ends justify the means for them. And they just get to the, any judicial result that gets them more power. That's all they care about. Yeah. Article3project.org. Article, the number three, project.org. It's uh, Michael Davis. So as we're watching Katanji Brown-Jackson get nominated and then confirmed, don't you have a fear like I do that Republicans don't have the backbone to do what you want them to do and what I want them to do? The establishment basically that wants to be in the group that has the martinis at lunch, don't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, the D.C. swamp is the only place on the planet where the reptiles lack backbones. And so that 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 uh, the, re- the Republican politicians in Washington, D.C. certainly need to find their backbones at the Article three project. Uh, we did the deep dive and expose Ketanji Brown Jackson's uh, 25 year record of extreme leniency for people who prey on kids. And we made that very public. And, it, you know. I have a very thick skin. When you grow up with red hair, you, you tend to have a thick skin. So I didn't really, I didn't really care what people uh, said about me. We got that record out there, and it went from what could have been 65 votes for, for Justice Jackson to it was pretty close to a, a straight partisan party-line vote. But, but if that wasn't the fight, that, that wasn't the hill they were willing to die on, you know, it, it, you've got to get some of these really lack of vertebrae Republicans out of there. This woman should not be anywhere near the Supreme Court, saying that she can't define woman because she's not a biologist, uh, being lenient on on career criminals and pedophiles specifically, because why would I punish him for life because of 15 minutes of browsing online? I mean, there's there's a disconnect there that the American people, I don't think, are ready for. Yeah, the, the, this is not our... This is not our parents or our grandparents' Democrat Party. These yes. are not liberals who believe in due process and equality and love America like conservatives do, just disagree with us on how to get there. These are Marxists. These are leftists. They hate due process. 
They hate equality. They push for equity. They hate America, and they want to change America. They want they want Americans to hate America so the Marxists can change America into their Marxist mold. And this is this is the playbook for Marxism for a hundred years, and there's been like a hundred million people who have died in its war path. It's uh, it, can I call you Mike? Yeah, that call me Mike. Um, it's Mike Davis, uh, founder, president, Article Three Project, Article the Number Three Project dot org. Make sure you go there. Let's get into um uh, something that you I believe that you are the first person on social media certainly to say it. Um, and, and I certainly have repeated it since you've said it because you're right. But most people say that the stuff that was at Mar-a-Lago in that illegal raid that was ordered by Merrick Garland, who shouldn't have the job. For some reason, he was owed a job. If not a Supreme Court justice, let's make him the top cop in America so he can decide which laws to, to prosecute and which ones not to enforce. Um, that raid, everybody, but everybody said, yeah, he didn't classify the stuff. This was all, cla- or he didn't declassify it. It's all still classified. Now that Cash Patel on since then, who said, no, no, no. The fact that he called the movers and said, I'm taking these things, um, he literally told me, Joe, that it's declassified. He said publicly on Twitter, I'm declassifying everything that was attached to the, to the Mueller probe. But you took it a step further, Mike. You said the fact that he took the boxes from the White House, in essence, that action declassifies it. Fill me in. That is 100% correct. As the President of the United States, as the Commander-in-Chief, the President has the inherent constitutional authority to classify or declassify anything he wants in any manner he wants. Uh, He doesn't have to report to Congress. He doesn't have to report to any bureaucrats. He doesn't have to jump through any statutory or regulatory hoops. And that is confirmed by the Supreme Court's 1988 decision in Department of the Navy versus Egan. Everyone else on the planet is subject to the Espionage Act as it relates to classified materials except the President of the United States. And let me give you an example. In March of 2012, then-President Obama leaned over to the President of Russia, our enemy, and got caught on a hot mic saying that, that Obama would have more running room or negotiating room after the presidential election in 2012. That is highly classified information that President Obama conveyed to the Russian president. And if the president or someone authorized by the president conveyed that material, they'd be in prison right now for the rest of their life, right, for conveying such highly classified material to our enemy. But because President Obama was the president of the United States, he had the absolute constitutional authority to do that, and he was not subject to any FBI probe, FBI raid, criminal prosecution, nothing. That is his inherent constitutional authority. So when President Trump took those records from the White House to Mar-a-Lago, he didn't pack his own damn boxes, he ordered it. So when he did that, they are declassified. Yes, the president can wave a magic wand and declassify anything he wants. He's the only person on the planet who can do that. Yeah, it's interesting. I remember that moment when uh, when Obama leans over to Medvedev and he says, tell Vlad I'll have more room after this election. Yeah, and, and, and when he did that, that to me appeared to be treasonous. But as you say, the fact that he uttered the words and uh, he uttered them to somebody means that everything he was talking about is now declassified. Uh, you can go to even a more famous, um, um, I, I believe it was a speech by Ronald Reagan back in the 1980s where he starts giving information about what's going on uh, in some of the actions that we were taking abroad. And just by him putting it in the speech, that made everything that was involved declassified. So when you see the media, Mike, when you see them report 
that classified documents were taken. Some of them were smart enough to say documents that are stamped or or listed as classified were taken. Because then they have, at least they're attributing it to the fact that it's marked that, even if it is declassified, it might say it on the paper. You don't have to reissue the paper because you declassified it. But the media, by and large, is getting it wrong. Do you think it's on purpose or because they suck? Both. They okay. suck and it's purpose. So, I mean, they're, they're clearly trying to push this narrative. Remember, Hillary Clinton had a class, she had a home server that she kept hidden from the government, hidden from the public, in her, and it had the most classified secrets you can imagine as the Secretary of State. Right. She didn't have an FBI raid. She didn't even have an FBI questioning of her about this. And she was not the President of the United States. And thankfully, she'll never be the President of the United States. So it's just we have two systems of justice in America. One for the Democrats and the ruling elite, one for the rest of us. And it's let's step back and say this. Let's let's just pretend that President Trump had classified records in his possession at Mar-a-Lago, which okay. he didn't. Right. Let's just play along. Remember, every former president has an office of the former president that is paid for by the federal government, right? They have secure office space or SCIFs right. that are set up by the federal government to handle classified records. They get staffed. The, pres- the former president and the staff get security clearances. They have secret service protections. They have video surveillance. They have bugging surveillance. These are paper records in Mar-a-Lago that are guarded by the Secret Service. How, how was, was there any allegation that these records were going to get into the wrong hands? With Hillary's server, we, we know that there is a very high likelihood that foreign governments hacked her server. Did, did, did Russian agents or Chinese agents go into Mar-a-Lago and steal these records? Is there any allegation of that? No, there's Secret Service protection, right? So there's there was this this home raid was unprecedented. It's never happened before in history that we've sent a raid after a former president. It was unnecessary. President Trump was cooperating, and it was unlawful in several different ways. The first way was it's it, it, it Trump could not have violated any Espionage Act because what we just described. Another way it was unlawful is there was a 2012 decision by an Obama-appointed judge on the D.C. District Court. There was a dispute between Tom Fenton and Judicial Watch and President Clinton's library over tapes. And this was John Solomon at Just the News that broke this last night. The judge, the Obama judge, said that the president and the president alone has the sole statutory power to determine whether these are presidential records or personal records, because at the end of the day, that's what the dispute is. These are not classified classified materials. This this is about the Presidential Records Act, and the Presidential Records Act was passed in the 1970s because of Nixon taking uh, records with him. And so it's a tug of war between bureaucrats at the National Archives and the former presidents, whether Trump's love letters with the North Korean dictator belong to Trump as his personal record or if they're presidential records, they get go to National Archives, they get categorized at the National Archives, and they they almost certainly get sent back to the former president to get put in his library. There's no criminal component to the Presidential Records Act. This is a complete political scam. The third reason it was unlawful is because you had a biased judge. This U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt had a clear conflict of interest under the United States Code and Canon 2 and 2A of the judicial canons. He had a Facebook post from 2017 where he attacked President Trump's integrity personally, and then he just recused on June 22nd 
on President Trump's lawsuit against Hillary Clinton. So he, how, he admitted his bias six weeks earlier. Yeah. How, how does he yeah. sign off on this? Now, Mike, is, I, it, is it your opinion like it is mine that they, ju- that they judge shopped? This is not an appointed judge. This is a hired magistrate judge. that was high, the, the left was saying that, that Trump appointed him. Of course he didn't appoint him. This guy was hired by the court because they needed help with all of their, their caseload. This guy just six weeks earlier went public and said, because of, of my bias, and, and there's some legal term that, that, that described exactly what he, what he was talking about he had to recuse himself how does this guy sign it and think that we wouldn't find out and here's the here's the here's the here's the the part that's so bad for the biden regime the the attorney general did in fact authorize this home raid this unprecedented unnecessary unlawful home raid of a former president and that same newsweek piece there was a leak of grand jury material it was a violation of the law under rule 6e of the federal rules of criminal procedure where the, uh, the, the, the Justice Department officials leaked out that the grand jury had found that President Trump uh, committed a criminal violation, which is just not true. He could not have as a matter of law. And then the, the, the other thing that was leaked that was damage controlled by the Justice Department is, is they leaked out that President Trump had nuclear documents at Mar-a-Lago. And this is just complete nonsense. They were trying to play up the fact that this leak, that, that this raid was urgent and necessary by saying he had nuclear documents, like he like he went in and stole the nuclear codes from the nuclear football on the well, way out of the White House. I got to stop you, Mike. I got to stop. Here's why: because immediately Twitter, immediately Instagram, immediately all the left wing BS online said he had the nuclear codes. He should be uh, charged with treason. Trump's going to prison. Do you think when these leaks happen in modern times, where social media dominates so much? Do you think they do that on purpose, knowing that the first story is going to be seen, the retraction or correction won't be? Yeah, I mean, of course, of course, that's what they're trying to do. This is total spin coming out of the Biden Justice Department. And they're leaking grand jury material. They're selectively leaking from this affidavit that the basis that they use to go get this uh, unprecedented, unnecessary and unlawful warrant from their biased judge down in West Palm Beach, Florida. And if you have you also also look at the timing of this. Merrick Garland's also leaked out that he deliberated for weeks, and he thought that this leak was somehow going to help him politically. It actually hurts him. It shows it that that he could have judge shopped because he had the opportunity for weeks to deliberate over this. And if he had these nuclear documents or these other very sensitive records that that could have damaged our national security and, and Trump was going to leak them and destroy America, why did he wait weeks to go get them? Why didn't he go get them right away? Yeah. The other thing that we know that the nuclear documents – uh, spin is complete bogus. If you look at the inventory, it shows that there are TS, top secret documents. There are SCI documents that come from the CIA. There are SAP documents that come from the Department of Defense. But what's not listed on there are Q documents. Those are Department of Energy documents related to nuclear secrets. Why aren't there Q classifications on the on the inventory of the warrants? Right. Now, it's a great question. All these questions are great. Make sure you follow Mike over on, it, it, over on Twitter. It is uh, uh, M-M-R-D-D-M-I-A. Is that what it is? Yeah, that, it's my initials in Des Moines, Iowa, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. When I'm not kicked off of Twitter, I've been kicked off five times. Right, so, and, and I've been suspended because I said hydroxychloroquine works. I mean, you, you and I are in the same boat. I get it. But go and follow him. It's an incredible follow because this guy does journalism like you haven't seen, and he's right every single time. Uh, go to the website as well, article3project.org. I've only got about two minutes left, Mike, but I want to ask you uh, about what happens now. I know that Trump 
head, headed them off at the pass by releasing on truth, I'm being raided right now. They didn't think he was going to do that. I also noticed that CNN wasn't waiting there with cameras, which meant they knew that it was a specious reason to go there and do this raid. They didn't have to do this. They shouldn't have done it. They knew that they were all wet. It was, it was a, a, a wild goose hunt. They were hoping to find something, some sort of a smoking gun. What you've released about things being declassified is absolutely true. But incredibly, I just want to add a little bit to Hillary Clinton, and maybe you can opine for a second. She's the Secretary of State. She has no right to declassify anything unless she classified it to begin with. Um, so she's over, you know, traveling in the Middle East. And I think Comey said, and I could be wrong, 99% chance that her private server she was using could have been breached as she was traveling abroad, very in cl- very close proximity to our, our, our enemies. Why is there no follow-up at all on this, Mike? That, that seems to me to be one of the worst things that we've seen in a century. Because of the Clintons, and they've always been above the law, right? So, I mean, that's that's been the case for 30 years. And I would I, w- I want to make this final point. I think the purpose of this raid is because Trump declassified Russian collusion and other documents that were embarrassing and damaging politically to the Biden, Obama, and Hillary regimes. And that's why this magistrate judge authorized the 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 the, the home raid for every presidential record. For four years of President Trump's presidency, a fishing expedition. Oh, it says that in, in attachment B, it says that. Take everything from the day he took office to the day he left office. Is that unprecedented? It's got to be. They, they, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it was an unlawful, it was unlawful on its face when you're authorizing the search of every four years of records, every, every piece of paper that, that they didn't have the right to because the president had the sole statutory authority to make a presidential record private, right? As we saw from the Judicial Watch case that John Solomon broke. There was no reason for this raid. And the only reason that I can think of is because Trump had politically damaging records and they were willing to take the heat in the Biden Justice Department to get these records because the damage that Trump could have done politically was much worse. It's uh, Michael Davis, the president and founder of Article 3 Project at article the number 3 project.org. One last quick one, maybe 30 seconds on this. Merrick Garland uh, and you also think uh, Christopher Wray should be out should the Republicans get the House and Senate back. Fill me in. House and Senate Uh, When Republicans take over the House in January, they absolutely must impeach Attorney General Merrick Garland and FBI Director Chris Wray. They have politicized the Justice Department uh, since day one of the Biden administration. They have sicked the FBI after every grandma and goofball who showed up and trespassed and took selfies on January 6th. They've sicked the FBI after parents uh, at public school board meetings in Loudoun County. They have sicked the FBI. Uh, they've eviscerated 250 years of constitutional executive privilege, going back to George Washington to get President Trump's top advisors, his White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, his senior advisor, Steve Bannon, his trade director, Peter Navarro, even his White House counsel, uh, Pat Cipollone. But they have given amnesty to uh, President Biden, his scumbag son, Hunter, his shady brother, James, and all these Biden supporters who get amnesty from this Justice Department. We have two systems of justice. They have violated their oaths by doing this. They need to be impeached. Well, we'll see how serious the Republicans are very soon, hopefully. Article3project.org. That's Michael Davis's website. Mike, I appreciate the hard work. Come back soon, okay? Thank you so much. You, you bet. We're back after this. Stay right here. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. General Flynn next hour. Keep it right here on the Joe Pag Show. This is the Joe Pag Show. 